Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Hello, everyone. On today's podcast, we have Jess Leader, who is talking about virtual assistants. So what is a VA? What do they do? How do you find them? What areas of your business could they support you in? How do you then train them to be able to support you in this? Is it worth getting a ready sort of made uh, VA package where you get a VA who knows your area and is already kind of trained generally or is it worth just going and finding someone recruiting looking through applications and then training them yourselves we also talk about how having a va has changed jess's business how it can change yours and um, we talk about the realistic costs that kind of things they can do which is pretty much everything and how you can train them effectively we also look at then maintaining your relationship with vas and how to keep them on board and things like pay rises and performance reviews and things like that so If you're struggling in your business and you want to outsource an aspect, whatever aspect that is, or or many, or a lot of things, this podcast is going to be very useful for you. Just a reminder, if you're looking for a passive or a earn and learn investment, then you know who I am. Check me out on Instagram, tej.talks, or on Facebook, tejsing. I'm also on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn's a bit boring. Uh, And let me know if you want to talk about rates and durations. Oh, and leave a review. Thanks. Jess Leader, welcome to the Tesh Talks podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for your suggestion, um, because today is a is a special episode. It's a different episode. It's not a, uh, I guess, a standard, what's your story? And even though we're, we're going to you know, kind of go through that, it is about how to use virtual assistance in property, something that you and me have kind of spoken about on Instagram when I was looking for a bookkeeper. Uh, and I know it's something that you have done to sort of end-to-end process on uh, yep. and actually a lot of people come on the podcast and talk about it but we don't get a chance to go into detail so this is like the the guide to VAs in property so no pressure uh, <laughs> before we get into virtual assistance t- t- tell tell me tell us t- like, who is Jess Leader what do you do Um, So I actually work still full time. Um, I am in marketing. So I've worked in marketing for about 15 years, working on big brands on global projects. Um, So I do that. Actually, well, I said full time. I actually last year went down to four days a week. And around that, I obviously work in property, hence talking to you on Touch Talks. Um, I have currently a small portfolio of a couple of HMOs. Uh, buy to let and I'm just in the process of doing my first JV purchase actually. Amazing and when do you plan on going full-time if you do? I haven't decided that yet I am one of the lucky slash unlucky depending on how you look at it people who I really love what I do um, and it gives me a lot of kind of the things that I love are creativity and commercial um, so working in marketing and event management really helps me do that so I don't know. Um, the more I work in property, the reason I say unlucky actually is because it means that, you know, some people have a real, real, real push to get full time into property. Um, that's not me. I, I, I do love both. 
Um, but I think the more I do in property, the more I want to be doing. Um, so my focus is very heavily on that, especially since um, kind of starting to systemize last year. So there isn't a time on it. Awesome. And you said a couple of HMOs. What made you pick HMOs sort of right off the bat? Um, it wasn't right off the bat, actually. So I had bought my first home I suppose in London um, a few years ago actually a bit more than that now Um, and after I moved out of that I kept it and turned it into a buy to let and I was earning a bit of an income from that while I was doing something else Um, and so I guess that was my very first accidental venture into property and it kind of introduced me to the idea of it but when I decided to actually focus on property and not just have my home as buy to let um, I decided on HMOs because I know that cash flow is my main strategy and or or my main approach Um, and that was going to be the way for me to get there quickest I'm quite impatient so that was that was my decision to to answer that question for me makes sense and you know you kind of said you recently started to systemize what was there like a a stimuli or was there a push that kind of you thought right I've had enough I need to systemize or was it before that you systemized no 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 it was a push um I think it was me just feeling like I was doing everything and not getting very getting anywhere particularly fast and also feeling like um the work that I was doing wasn't well, the time that I was spending wasn't as impactful as it could be. And I was feeling quite frustrated by that. And I was thinking, you know, what I'm doing here isn't isn't helping me move forward as quickly as I was expecting to. So that was really the driver behind the decision. And also just having things to do, which I didn't really enjoy. Mm. Okay. And so, like, how how did you sort of start like outsourcing and systemizing and what were your I know we're going to go through like kind of the six steps to working with VAs but before we teach everyone how to do it what was your like when you were like oh crap this is too much I need to sort it out what did you do to alleviate that um actually the first thing that I did so with my first um buy to let my home that I mentioned which became a buy to let and then my first HMO I self-managed because I wanted to learn how and I wanted to understand the ins and outs of it so that was the first thing that I outsourced um working with the letting agent um and then the second thing that I outsourced was my tax return because I am uh I don't trust myself with it so that I think when it comes to something as important as that for me I had to outsource that and then uh, again with my first couple of projects so at the same time as buying my um first HMO, I bought my first, uh, my second home, which was my first sort of creative conversion project. I was sort of testing my creative skills there. And I was project managing both of those whilst working at that time full time, which was really tough on my hours, sort of, you know, six till midnight each day, I guess. Um, And also, it wasn't fair on the build teams because they needed me to answer questions and I wasn't available. I was in meetings or whatever. So that wasn't fair. So then project management was the second thing, major thing, really, after letting management that I outsourced. Um, and then it came from there. And then I just started looking at my time a little bit more um, and asking around about um, working with VAs. Actually, when I first um, when I during that time, I got a PA for the first time, which my parents kind of thought was ridiculous they're like who do you think you are just this girl who works in marketing has got a couple of houses and you know and I my answer was well you've got cleaner I've got PA we each outsourcing different things so um 
I at that time I had a PA, but she only helped me with the immediate settling in, sorting out utility bills, finding supplies for things locally for that very short period of time of managing that. And then, you know, sort of a year later, I thought my, my time isn't effective here. So let's let's do something about that. Hmm. So then moving on to like the masterclass for the listeners, <laughs> how can people, I guess, firstly, figure out what like they need to outsource? I think there's a few different ways because I I talked a little bit about this with a few people and the the common response that I always get or always got was, but I don't know what to outsource. How do you know what to outsource? And for me, what I kept was, I guess it's a, a bit of a tip really. I just had a note open on my phone all the time. And every time I found myself doing something which was frustrating for me because I felt like that's that wasn't the best use of my time or would be easy for me to teach or just ask somebody else to do I added it to the list and quite quickly I built up a really good list of things that I could brief out to somebody else so that was just quite a random way of doing it Um, but it built up quite a different list and that kind of fell into pots of finance things admin things personal things etc etc and then it became quite easy to structure it in that way but also I know a lot of people talk about you know focus on your strengths and don't do what you don't like or is your weakness and and that's a really easy way as well like if you don't like bookkeeping outsource that and I know actually on one of your recent podcasts you were talking about you're able to get through a lot more content because you're outsourcing editing to somebody else, I think you said. So it's just how can I be quicker or how can I get rid of what I don't like or is holding me back? Just thinking about it for a few minutes or being a bit conscious as you go through your day to day. Mm. And I often say to people like on this topic, if you can do it, like if you're smart enough to do it and you know, you're not a rocket scientist, then give or take, someone else can do it. Um, I'm not saying that you can outsource your intricate commercial conversion deal analysis with three pages of spreadsheets to a VA. Um, but I think a lot of stuff that we're like, oh, no, but I have to do that. Oh, it's me in the business. You can outsource. But Absolutely. That is my view. Um, like, I think maybe people are scared of, like, training the VA, which we'll, we'll get to shortly. Um what, what things are you outsourcing? Because I think some examples would help the listeners like make it more tangible for them. Sure. So I outsource my bookkeeping. So um, my VA is called Mary. So she goes through... Uh, she goes through my statements. She goes through my emails, anything connecting to bills or uh, um, tenancy letting, anything to do with letting or the managing agents. She, she goes through all of that and does my bills each month and balances those for me. Um, she, I've trained her on my right move shortlisting criteria. So she does that for me and we sort of have a bit of a double act on that. She looks for more kind of formulaic things that I suppose that I'm looking for one type of property. She looks for that. And then I look for more random or slightly unusual opportunities myself. So we sort of double up on that. Um, she has, added to my local knowledge massively. So I have outsourced to her a lot of local research in terms of rent analysis of local areas or finding popular areas. Um, She also now liaises with uh, local councils on my behalf in terms of uh, marketing direct to um, landlords, getting those lists, analysing those against the areas that we've narrowed down between them. So she does so much to help me understand my areas better and um, 
and then kind of market to those everything that she's doing I've shown her how to do or I've asked her specifically how to do it but it means that you know I'm still spending the same amount of time on my property business but it's different it's in a different way so whereas for example Mary might be doing rent research I'm reading the local development plan to, so that we know the area between us in so much more detail more quickly than I could have been able to do both those things myself. So, yeah, they're typical things that she does for me. And actually, you know, she she does smaller things for me. Oh, she does my diary as well. She plans all my networkings each month and, and helps me know when all the upcoming auctions are and puts reminders in my diary just so I'm ready for things like that. Um, but she does smaller things like I recently moved house. She found me a local running club and just... But that's not very often, but it's mostly property things. I like Mary. She sounds incredible. <laughs> uh, She's good. Yeah, we all need a Mary. And just to add to that, some things that I've um, sort of listed that I also will be outsourcing on top of what you've said um, is viewings. So I've kind of already outsourced some of them, but I'm going to sort of find like a person who can do it in certain areas seriously for me. Um, so it's kind of very much like, here, here's some viewings, go get them done. Um, chasing offers. So I think I'm going to have a VA who looks at my spreadsheets on my CRM and says, oh, it's been 1.5 weeks, it's been three weeks. Hello, agent, what's the crack? Uh, and another one is I'm building, so I, I buy buy to lets all day long. Um, I'm not interested in humans stealing each other's cheese and shit. So, um, I mean, there's more reasons than that, but managing buy to lets is quite straightforward it's it's often a case of hi there's a leak and i'm like text to tradesman go fix it so i'm training well i'm about to be training a va to basically be that controller to get whatsapp messages calls emails and then contact my trades team and just get it done which compared to a letting agent is going to cost nothing so and they can do that from anywhere in the world really with my overwatch if needed so yeah there's a lot right that can be um outsourced there's so much i think it sounds like the difference between what what you're talking about and some of the things that Mary does for me i think one thing is that you have to think about if you're going to be hiring va is language so um english isn't the first language for mary which she's completely proficient in english and very very confident but i've noticed that she doesn't feel that confident on tasks which involve using the phone so i'm not pushing those on her I want her to stick to what she's comfortable at because she can do it quicker than things that she'll sort of hesitate over um, so I think in your case like for someone who's listening to this in your case great just check if they're comfortable on the phone seriously or not and whereas I didn't actually think of asking that question up front and so um, I asked lots of questions about skills and competencies and experience but I didn't ask that and it's like it kind of surprised me that that was actually a bit of a stumbling block so that would be a difference that's a very Between good point. Each of our yeah, that's a very good point. So then that leads nicely onto how. So I get so two parts. Firstly, how do you then find a VA? I'm sitting at my computer now. Like literally, what do I do to find a VA? Um, there's what depend. I think it depends what you want the VA to support you with. So we talked about you know the different things that we each either do or are thinking of outsourcing to our VAs, and I think it depends on what you decide for that. So if they've got particular specialist skills in either editing or creativity or marketing or branding or logos or things like that, 
there's specific websites for that which you can just go onto, such as I'm not going to be able to remember any of them now, but things <laughs> things like Fiverr or 99designs or things like that, which are specific websites for people who can offer creative marketing skills. So you can go to those places and they each operate in different ways. Uh, Fiverr, you pay someone for 99designs, you kind of put your brief out and Everyone submits their replies and you choose and pay the best one, which I don't think is particularly fair. But anyway, that's a way of doing it. Um, and then, but if it's more general, um, there's like people per hour or task rabbit, depending on where you want your VA to come from. Or there's, I know different people who um, you speak to about this in property. People use, I think there's something called online.ph or something onlinejobs.ph yep yeah so i think a lot of people use that um if they're looking for a filipino or you know someone from from uh yeah someone from the philippines i think they use onlinejobs.ph i actually uh i suppose it's shortcutted my route to finding a va and i outsourced <laughs> the process um, so I worked with a specialist um, VA recruiter who I had had a recommendation from Mrs. H off of May Green. So she recommended me her recruiter um, for her VA. And so I did the same. I, um, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I just did what Sarah had done and um, went to her and I basically wrote what I, so in my day job, I'm used to writing job descriptions and kind of choosing who the right person to hire is. So I basically treated it like that. So I wrote a job description, sent my criteria, sent some sample tasks, uh, um, sorry, a, a list of example tasks, because by that time I decided what the things were that I would like some help from my VA from, and um, gave out a job brief. And she gave me a short list of candidates. And we went from there interviewing and shortlisting that, that way. Mm, okay, so there's, I guess there's two ways. There's the manual way, which is all those websites, and Upwork, which I use often, really good site. Okay. Uh, and then there's the the shortcut version, which is paying. Uh, I mean, how much did you pay to find a VA? Like three hundred quid? I think it was that. It was either that or just under. Yeah. So there's there's that way, which is, I, I mean, I've been a recruiter before, so I know how hard it is to find people physically, let alone finding them like online. So I totally value that. But again, it it depends on your circumstances. I've had sort of individual VAs from Upwork and I found them in 24 hours and they've been incredible ever since. So okay. it, it, it all depends on you and your ability to also recruit and then uh, filter people. Now, that's my next question. Once you have this shortlist from them or if you're doing it manually, how did you like choose like out of them which one it was going to be? I'm going to answer that in just a sec because actually that's reminded me, you saying um, about where you find your um, VA, that reminded me. So this process that I went through online was a really the, – the, the um, company who I went through was such a good example of systemization and outsourcing that she really put her money where her mouth was. And when I first experienced it as a customer or a prospect, I was really like surprised so I contacted her and said what I wanted and she had one VA contact me to set up a meeting. Oh no, actually she had an automated diary to, for me to select the, the time at which I'd speak with her. Then we had a short call. Then she had one VA, um, 
sort out the shortlisting for me. And then she had a, once I'd chosen my VA, she had another VA who sorted out setting up the systems and apps that we would need to communicate with each other. It was so systemized. I thought it was really impersonal to start with, but then I was just really impressed of how much she she followed her own her own product, really. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but coming back to a question of shortlisting, I it was actually quite hard because you know, one person was really good. I had a list of sort of half a dozen core things that I would really have appreciated help with. And one person was really good at a couple of them. And one person was really good at another couple of them. Um, and it was quite hard to choose. Um, I am someone who, again, depends what relationship you want. If you want someone who's going to be part of your team, that means they have to be a personality fit for you and you have to like them and have some kind of rapport. Or if you want someone to simply outsource tasks to, it doesn't really matter um, so much. So that's one thing to think about as well. It's just what skills do they have rather than what relationship might you have? So that was a, a factor for me. And then I just sort of went with my gut between um, two there was uh, two shortlisted people um, in the end, in my final shortlist. I went with my gut and actually thinking back, he was great and really competent. But after a few weeks, I sort of spent quite a lot of time training him up and giving him inductions and getting him on board. And he did started doing some quite good work. And then after a few weeks, he said, oh, actually, you know, my my main job has actually upped my hours and I've been loyal to them for years. So that that stops me having any availability for any VA work. So um, he was really sweet about it. He was like, I won't charge you for what I've done. I'm really sorry. Um, you know, I, I was really enjoying work, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he was just lying to me. He didn't like it. So I'm saying it out loud. But um, yeah, so I went through the process again. And um, the person I chose just showed a bit more of initiative, like, the other interviews had been on the phone. She suggested a video call and she had, I, one of the questions was, okay, you've looked at my website. What suggestions have you got for me? And she had something to say, whereas the others had and even looked at my website. So she just showed a bit more initiative. Hmm. I like that. And okay. So you've, we've, we've looked online for the VA. We've, we've now chosen one. Now you have to onboard them, which can be it can be time consuming especially if so if you haven't gone through the kind of online ready-made version you basically have to train them so I guess with you it was a little bit easier and it was just more of a showing Mary how you work and how you do stuff yes but I was also really conscious that I want my you know it's an investment for me to get a VA in terms of time to get her on board so I was conscious that I wanted her to feel like she had an input of value, of value to my company. So I did spend quite a lot of time up front, you know, as, as though as though she was rocking up to a job on her first day. What does the company do? What's the values? You know, just onboarding her with, with, with how I work and what it's all about and why it all happens and giving her time to read that. And then, um, then as you say, yeah, on, onboarding her with tasks. So, we moved quite quickly to luckily for me, which I, I didn't necessarily know or choose her for this. I chose her for her skills and, and her initiative, but luckily for me, her main job is, um, she works for a big buy to let landlord. Um, so she understands tenants and arrears and 
maintenance and things like that. So um, she had a base not baseline knowledge of that, but it's completely different. Like all the websites are different, all the search you know criteria is different, all my way of working is completely different. Um, so yeah, it was a case of briefing her on each thing, and the way that I brief her on each task is um, if it's something that's just really simple, then um, it doesn't really need much of a brief, but everything that we do is uh, in Trello. So we have different lists in Trello, things that like to be briefed in progress to, for me to review and then completed. And there's a little card for each thing with uh, references in there. So I just set up a new card for each task and I either write out a step-by-step document of what she should do and where she could look and where she could go for information on that because I kind of think well if I was doing this in the Philippines I would have no idea which she actually she's actually she is Filipina but she actually lives in Bahrain so if I was doing this in Bahrain I would have no idea like what websites what people use so I just think what do I need what clues do I need to give her to make this easier and quicker for her to complete because it takes nothing for me to reference a few popular websites or search terms that will help get the job done so yeah a step-by-step brief for each task And again, something that I'm used to doing in work is briefing things to people. So I know what I what I want to to what what the research should cover and how thorough or not that should be. If it's a research task, as an example, Um, where the information could come from, what I want the output to be and what I want the deadline to be. Um, Same as what I would do in work. Um, and then often video me doing the same thing step by step. So then my written guide just becomes a reference point, same as the video for her to copy. Um, or I might do an example, one line in a report so she can copy and repeat. So I tried to make it as, as clear as possible. So, so it's a task on Trello with a a recorded step by step video of me doing it. Oh, sorry, a video by that. I mean, me recording my screen activity. Um, and then, yeah, the guide and. I think that's it. But it does, it is really time intensive to your point. It is quite time intensive. And I know that it's quite overwhelming to think about how am I going to onboard someone? But I just figured me taking the time to do it once might take, and then make the video might take an hour or two hours or whatever it is, depending on how complex the task is, or half an hour. But then I've done it. And then each time in the future, it's someone else's time. So it feels overwhelming to brief, but it's good when it's done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, the the key thing there is it's done for the next VA if there is one and the one after. And so it's kind of like, you know, you're creating useful content. And actually, if you wanted to, you could sell that, those training videos potentially, you know, if you did it in a certain way. So actually creating this content has a few different streams that will benefit you if you so choose like that way. That's so, a great idea. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. See, it is right. <laughs> people who some people on my earn and learn, I I just send them all my VA videos as part of the thing, and so they can just send it to their VA and say, "Do this, please." Uh-huh. Uh, so we figured out what we needed. We've chosen and found and chosen our VA. We've onboarded them. I think you kind of touched on this before with Trello, but with the ongoing working relationship, in terms of like, I think you kind of covered this. You know, managing what they're doing. Am I right in saying? Trello and in a second tell people what that is is like the central hub of what on earth is happening um who's doing what when it's being done and then you use something like loom to record your screen and use whatsapp and slack and things like that what's your kind of tech stack and what does each Mm -hmm. bit of tech do if it's not obvious 
Mm -hmm. um, so we have, first and foremost, we have WhatsApp. Um, so for anything that's general, we just communicate on that. Or if she's trying to get my attention urgently, she, even though I get the alerts on Trello on my phone as well, she will, she'll flag something to me that she doesn't, she needs. Um, so WhatsApp is our main communication and I have that with everything and everyone as we all do. Um, then Trello is the main base for our communication. So as you say, explain what that is. So if people aren't familiar with Trello, it's a project management system and I use the free version um, because it does what I need it to. And actually, I've got a separate board for my with my joint venture partners on the project that we're doing. It works really, really great. Um, so we have that. So it, as well as um, so Trello works by as well as posting tasks on there. It's got like a messaging functionality on it related within each task. So that way, any communication that we have is about a, a specific task stays contained within that task. So um, if it's a, a, a task on um doing direct to landlord letters for example and she's got a question about it that will that message will always be in relation to that task which is really helpful so there's others people use monday.com or asana um but which all the same kind of thing and actually i heard you saying about um uh someone's using a to-do list app in the same way for that as well recently but that's that and then what else do we use we use um skype uh we we did have weekly video calls where Mary would ask me any questions or blockers and I would explain any briefs in more detail where she had questions. But actually our communication is so regular and open on WhatsApp and Trello that our video calls have cut right down. But again, like I really like to have a rapport with the people that I'm working with and a bit of a relationship. So I do like to keep a face to it and not just be on the other end of a messenger only um so we do that and then paying that's another thing there's a whole there's a couple of um platforms that i use for paying her do you want should i talk about that now or do you want to talk about payment separately okay um so mary has a there's two things so the first is how her time is tracked so she uses a uh, platform called Time Doctor, which again was recommended to me by the recruiter, and it's set up on each of our each of our laptops. And anytime Mary starts and ends a task for me, whether that's a phone call or or desk work, she starts and stops the timer, and it tracks her time. And it's a little bit big brother. I never ever check it um but it does screen grabs every i think it's every nine minutes so you can check if your va is like just on facebook or something which i think is so big brother i'd never look i just trust that she's doing it because i know that i get the results through i would i don't really like that so but anyway time doctor tracks her time and then tots it all up for me each month and i've pre-programmed the rate so it just tells the hourly rate so it just tells me how much i should be paying her at the end of each month and then um separately i oh that has a fee actually talking about how much everything is so whatsapp's obviously free skype's free uh, uh trello's free time doctor i think it's about nine dollars a month maybe something like that and then um but it's just the best way of tracking time accurately because i want to make sure she gets paid for every single minute and then i get money to her there's loads of 
um, fund transfer sites. The one I particularly choose to pay to use is called ZendPay, X-C-N-D-P-A-Y, because not many places sent to Bahrain. Um, loads sent to the Philippines, but not many sent to Bahrain. So that was one I found. And that's how I pay here. And you just choose the transfer fee that you want to pay. So it's free except for a transfer fee. And I pay about three quid a month for the actual transferring of funds to her. So that's the tax stack. Mm. Long awesome. answer, actually. No, that's five things. I love that. And then when it comes to like deciding the compensation, mm-hmm. is it set with this the company who found you the VA, or do you have a choice? And how do you decide what to pay? Or do they come with a this is how much it costs? Um, so they come with a recommendation and the recommendation I okay uh confession type so the the recommendation is to pay three American dollars an hour which is incredibly low slash affordable depending on how you want to look at it um which to me is is really low and actually when I told my parents that I was paying someone that amount of money my uh yeah, I was frowned upon as a as a capitalist and, a, you know, a terrible human being. Um, but, you know, you have to respect local economies. And I remember when my sister used to live abroad in Thailand, you know, when we'd go and visit, my mom would want to pay more. But my sister pointed out that my mom was insulting the economy if you, if you do that. So, you know, there's a balance. So it was recommended that I would pay $3 an hour as a start rate, putting that up by... 25p an hour every quarter but actually I didn't feel massively comfortable paying that so I added a couple of things I mean you can pay whatever you like right but you need a guide you need someone to tell you where the start point is um so I added an incentive scheme so three ways really that I pay Mary she has an hourly rate um and I try to commit to her. She's obviously agreed to work with me based on a certain expectation of how many hours per week that will be. So she can calculate her budget based on that. Um, So I try to honor that. Sometimes it's lower. um, Sometimes it's higher, but we've agreed the minimum maximum um, so that we can each control our cash flow, I suppose. Um, Then the second way is I have it in, I started straight away, uh, actually, no, not quite straight away. Soon after working with her, I introduced an incentive scheme. Um, and I wanted, so she was, it was actually around my viewings. So she, I wanted, so Mary, one of Mary's tasks is to uh, shortlist right move opportunities for me. And she, we did it so that I think it was as many properties as she shortlisted um of the of depending on how many of those I went to view she would get a bonus I suppose a small a small bonus for as many as I went to view and the reason that I did that was because I wanted to boost her pay um and also I wanted her to be accurate in shortlisting correctly the right type of properties so if she put you know 20 on the list for that week and none of them were right then or versus 10 were right that's obviously going to make a big difference to her pay and then the third way that I pay her was um she she got her Christmas bonus but she got it early because I uh, miscalculated one of her monthly payments so one week one month she's like um 
Jess, I think you've made a mistake. And I was like, oh, keep it. It's nearly Christmas. So, um, yeah, so I would have, but it came early accidentally. So that's three ways. And I've put her salary up after about six months. I put it up a bit of a chunk as well. So, yeah. But then um, for fixed tasks, like I've outsourced logo design, obviously that comes with a fixed price and that's determined by the the uh, creative who does that piece of work on a different platform. So, yeah. But that's how I pay Mary. Hmm. Interesting. This is very, um, it's never as simple as it seems, but of course you can make it simple, but it's good to know like the different ways it works. And I think also like sometimes like I've had VA say, oh, can I have this much of an increase? And it has to come with performance, I think. But also when you, when you look at the amount and obviously we still want to run an efficient business, but when you see that that amount couple of quid whatever it is per hour makes such a huge difference to them and not so much of a huge sort of difference to us I think it kind of you just naturally like are like cool you know as long as the performance is there um because I don't know it's just a nice thing to do even for capitalists um like it's (laughs) it's kind of the the nice thing to do so have you ever had to fire a VA or has Mary been the savior of all I haven't. I've only, to be fair, I've only been working with VA since I think about May last year, and um, the guy that I worked with for the for the first three weeks uh, quit, and then Mary's been working with me for about seven months. So yeah, I haven't had to, and I hope that I don't have to. And actually, I did um, after she'd been working with me for about. I don't know, three or four months, I did a really quick survey monkey for her just to check her job satisfaction. Because again, it's a big investment of my time to keep training somebody. And so I want her to stay and I want her to feel valued. So, that you know, I really believe that when people understand the impact of their work that they're doing in whatever context, you know, I'm the same. If I understand the value of what I'm doing in my job, I'm more likely to do it well and commit to it better. So, um, because I think it's, it means something to someone. So I I did a quick survey monkey to see how she was finding, you know, different things, the tasks, the hours, our relationship, the way we communicate with each other, the pay, all those things. Um, so yeah, the, in fact, the only thing that she came back with was she'd quite like a rise, same as what you what you found. <laughs> she'd quite like a, a pay rise. So that's a, a short while later. That's yeah. what she got. So has has the money that you've spent on a VA and the time input and just the general costs, has that, like, is there a return on that investment? Have you tangibly said and seen that, right, my time, my money, I've made that back tenfold or something like that? Um, do you know, I haven't been as scientific as that with it. And I probably, as a, as a marketeer, I should know the ROI of everything. Um, however, I know that since working with Mary, it's changed how I spend my time and how I feel about my property work. So I've had more leads come through. We've had more letters have gone out to landlords. So we've had more, you know, that's upped the ratio of positive responses from things like landlord letters. Um, So that's been helpful. Um, I've been able to move forward more confidently, but the way I've spent my time has been different. So I've been able to meet with more potential investors, go out to more networkings, build relationships with people. And it's from that that I have, you know, found my JV 
um, partner for my latest project and learned more knowledge that I'm now applying. And, you know, I've got a pipeline of investors now as well, which is which is fantastic because I was able to spend more time meeting people and talking to people and 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 that's that's come of that. So I'm in quite a confident position from that perspective. And I think whilst I haven't done the ROI of that, you know, it's it's pretty good based on the investment levels. So yeah, maybe I should. I haven't. I just feel happier doing my this this my property business because it feels more manageable. And actually, the thing that surprised me. Um, about having a VA was accountability. So if you have to have someone's hours to fill each week so that they can have, you know, their the cash flow that they're planning on having, it really makes you work more because you have to you have to commit to your end of the bargain. And I didn't expect that that would make me get through more work in itself. I knew that it would leverage time and I would be able to get through more, but having that accountability to her really kind of accelerated me a little bit as well, which has pushed me forward more than I realized it would. That's fantastic. And that's a a very, very positive side effect. Uh, Increased productivity. I love that. Amazing. So just that concludes the virtual assistance masterclass. I think that's been fantastic. Um, I'm going to listen to this again when I increase up my outsourcing once I've got all my stuff ready because this is very, very useful. But before before we leave this podcast, let's do a let's do a quick fire round about property. Okay. So let's just chuck it straight back into property. Because I think you're at a stage where you're not super super experienced, but you're not a total beginner either by any, you know, means. Mm-hmm. I think you're in a place where I think maybe quite a few of my listeners are maybe in a similar place to you. I mean, I think most of them probably don't like their jobs, but that's a different story. Um so what what are your top three tips and this could be to do with VAs or property or whatever uh, for people who are new in property for people who are new in property uh probably actually um don't get overwhelmed or don't get confused by all the different things that you could do Um, make sure you're really clear from the beginning about what you're trying to achieve and choose something that will solve that objective or answer that objective because it's so easy when you go out and meet everybody you know someone's been successful in SA someone's been successful in flips someone's been successful in rent to rent you know it's really easy to get confused so just stick to your guns I would say um, is one thing to say Uh, partner with people much more quickly Um, I only like you know I've been doing property for a couple of years now and I have only now that I'm partnering with people and leveraging time and and outsourcing things am I getting through things at the pace that I wanted to be doing so get onto that as quickly as you can Um, and actually I was messaging someone who I I look up to in property quite a lot and said you know what I asked her was what's the thing that's changed your pace recently and and relationships and partnering is one of the things that she cited Um, and the other thing actually is these might not be my top three if I sat down and thought about it properly, but one thing that comes to mind is um, value what you can do. I think for a while I thought, oh my God, I'm a newbie. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, everybody has things that we can apply to be successful in property. Like I've managed 
you know, million pound projects. So I'm a, I'm a good project manager. I understand financing, I understand commercial, I understand balancing things, I understand people keeping keep people ugh, keeping people happy. And, you know, I pitch a lot so I can use that. And I, you know, it's just think about what you already know without realizing you know it to give yourself a lot more confidence to just crack on um, and don't hold yourself back in thinking that you don't know what you're doing because we all do, really. I love that confidence inspiring and lastly what are your top three goals for the future personal fitness mindset pets whatever hmm. um uh i'll start with the property one um it's uh i at some point down the line don't know when yet um i want i really i'm completely obsessed with um converting a church into residential i think they're absolutely beautiful buildings i've always had a bit of a thing for beautiful buildings so at some point down the line i will be converting a church into either a small church into my home or a bigger church into a bunch of homes to sell so that's one thing um one thing that I can't believe I'm saying out loud because that means I have to do it I was supposed to do it last year I was too scared <laughs> was um I am gonna jump out of a plane um and the reason that I want to do that is I'm so I'm, I've literally just got the shake saying it out loud but um I do you know what I I get scared of doing things in property, you know, things put me off, things make me feel like I can't do them, even though actually thinking about doing something is is always harder than uh, actually doing it. But I just figured if I could jump out of a plane, all the things that make me think, Eek, I can't do that, probably won't feel like that anymore. So, so you're going to scare the shit out of yourself one time so that nothing else scares you ever again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically. I like that. That's like jumping in freezing cold water and you'll never be cold again. So yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, and then, um, I'm also looking for my own home project at the moment. So I've really enjoyed the couple of personal projects that I've done in terms of converting a, a ugly, an ugly space into a beautiful workable space. So I'm looking for my own project right now. So I've got lots of property goals, but I think those, um, in terms of, you know, monthly income, number of rooms, blah, blah, blah. I've got all of that, but I think those are three that are just, that's standing out to me at the moment amazing this has been a a very enlightening i'm going to call it podcast and i hope that people take this as a guide uh, or guidelines um or a masterclass on how to outsource in your property business and and implement it. it you know it may not be the right time for you now that's sort of for you to potentially decide yourself or with your peers or your business partners um but there's a lot of value in this podcast so i We'll say thank you very much and if people want to speak to you after this or follow what you're doing how should they do it um the biggest thing is instagram actually so i'm uh on instagram as jess underscore leader l-e-a-d-e-r and um, so just get in touch with me on there and actually i did um a short stories on on some of the content that we talked about today so um if you after you're bored of listening to this podcast a million times already there's a little uh, highlight in my stories on there but yeah just get in touch and if I can share any ideas or learn something from what you do actually with your outsourcing just please say hello but yeah thanks so much for talking to me if you like this podcast connect with Tej on Facebook LinkedIn and YouTube for more great content